Rock of Ages. to thy cross I cling I don't have the payment do I? I don't have the price in and of myself oh but I have it in him Psalm chapter 51 have mercy upon me O God according to thy loving kindness according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I have acknowledged my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me within with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure. Unto Zion build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks 
upon thine altar. All right. So, let's stick with Brother Gene's text this morning. Go back to Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. I'm going to ask the question this morning. How do you think God sees you? Right now, this day, how does God see you? What do we look like in God's sight? Well, in Psalm 51, in the first verse, we hear David asking the Lord, crying out to the Lord to have mercy upon him. David was a great sinner. He saw himself as we see ourselves when God enlightens us to our condition. And that is, that condition is fallen and separated from God in and of ourselves, born that way, born in to that condition. We, sell, we see ourselves that way and we cry out to God, have mercy upon me, O God, as in Psalm 51, verse 1, according to thy loving kindness. We've already stated this morning more than once that God has always loved you. Not just when you started loving him, because you realize your need and your condition, you realize that there was no source of life except for Him. But the fact is, He's always loved you. He's always been in control of the lineage of persons, if you will, from Adam and Eve to you. He always has. If one of your parents had been a different person, would you have been who you are? Negative. You're unique. You're that unique. And God has always had you in His plan and in the lineage of His people. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Does God see us this morning and see our transgressions or are they blotted out? And covered by a price that God demanded. That's important that we know that because this thought, this faith, this belief establishes a baseline, a confidence, a peace in our heart. Yes, as David is here, we cry out to the Lord, forgive me for this sin. I, I, I bring it to you, Lord, acknowledging that I know that I'm a sinner, acknowledge that I acknowledging that I have sinned against you because you are the holy God with the rule book that I'm supposed to live by. And he asked the Lord in verse two, wash me truly from my iniquity. That's a clean washing, isn't it? Sometimes we might wash something and something that I get on my shirt doesn't come out. Not so when God washes a soul and washes a heart. But you are perfectly washed. And that, in the sight of God, is by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wash me truly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
we do as David did here, verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. I keep looking back and seeing the things that I've done and the sins that I've committed against my God, even though I might have committed them against somebody else. You know, the Lord Himself taught the parable and taught the, uh, the belief and the teaching that if you help somebody, one of my children, you help me. Well, if you don't help one of my children, you've not helped me. That, that's just common sense, isn't it? So we've sinned against Him is my point. Against thee and thee only, verse 4, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God desires truth inside, in our heart, in our minds. We are established in His gospel, in the truth of the Word of God. It's important that we have it established and we are washed clean. My declaration to you this morning is if you are trusting in Jesus Christ and what He has done on the cross of Calvary for you, not for the world in general, and then waiting for someone with no power to make a decision to be his child, no. You're trusting in what he did on the cross of Calvary for you. See, he's a personal Savior. Not only has he always known you, he's always loved you. He died for you personally in particular. You're a special, unique person again. If that's the case this morning and you're trusting in Him and not in yourself, realizing that you didn't have the price to pay because you were a sinner, but Jesus Christ paid the price for you because He was not a sinner. Though He lived in a human body and though He lived 33 and a half or so years on this earth in a sinful, fallen, corrupt earth, yet He did not sin. And He qualified to hang there on that cross and to bleed and die for you. If you believe that, then let me tell you this morning that you are clean in the sight of God. You're clean in His sight because He looks at you in your life through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What a peace that should give us in our heart to know that He qualified to die for me and He did it on purpose for me on purpose. What a Savior He is. Let's look at 1 John for a moment. 1 John chapter 1. Right after 1 Peter. I want us to see this morning that Jesus Christ has cleansed us and saved us from death. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you 
that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, He is the truth. And as we walk in the truth, we have fellowship with one another. One with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all our sin. From all our sin. Where is your baseline this morning? Where is your trust? <coughs> Who and what is your confidence in? Oh, we should stand very confident knowing that we are wider. Verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we, as David, in Psalm 51, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ this morning? Well, if you are, you can praise God for that. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the author of your faith. He gave you the faith to believe in Him. What a Savior. Washed by the water of the Word. Alright, let's continue. We're in verse 7. Psalm 51, verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. That hyssop, that's actually pretty relevant right there. We're talking about being washed from sin by the perfect blood of Jesus Christ in the sight of God. The last plague that the Lord put upon Egypt was the death of the firstborn, remember? That did it as far as uh, them, him letting the, his people go. That last plague. Even though they took off after him afterwards. How did that come about? Well, we know the account. They took a lamb by God's instruction. That lamb pointed to Christ because it had no blemish. It had no spot. It was perfect. They brought it in the house. We've talked about this more than once here. They brought a baby lamb in the house. I think it was at eight days, for several days anyway. And you know, everybody loves a baby. But then by God's instructions, they took the one they loved and they cut its throat. And they took the blood and they used hyssop. And hyssop can be used as a paintbrush, and it was then. And they dipped the hyssop in the blood that represented the perfect Son of God. The one that qualified to hang on the cross for you. And they painted it on the doorpost of the entrance to the home. And death passed over them. 
David's making reference to that here when he says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. You see, it's the application that God makes of the blood of His Son. He applies it. The Holy Spirit applies the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to your heart. And I love that part in verse 6. We've already read it. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. What does the Bible declare is the beginning of wisdom? It's the fear of God, isn't it? It's the recognition of a great creator and a great savior. That's wisdom right there. Oh, if we're going to boast of anything, let's boast that our names are written in the book of life. And who wrote our names in the book of life but God? You see how he gets all the glory? Because it belongs unto him, doesn't it? It belongs unto him. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. If you are God's child this morning and you're trusting in Him, God sees you this way. We are clean in the sight of God. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. That the Lord promised that uh, our lives are going to be easy and we're not going to have any pain. We're not going to have any broken bones. We're not going to have any sorrow. We're not going to have any stress or any issues. No. But you see, He brings us through those things in lessons. He's teaching us, isn't He? As He draws us unto Him. Make me to hear joy and gladness. That's that peace in the heart, knowing that you are His. And those, those broken bones will rejoice. We will praise God for those things that we're going through because they draw us closer to Him. More and more we realize our need for Him as we live through this life, don't we? That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create. Verse 10, in me. That's what the Lord was talking to Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Surely Nicodemus didn't think he was talking about a physical birth, but he questioned him in that way anyway, trying to understand because he didn't. So the Lord explained it to him. You must be born again. In other words, you've already, you must be born, Jesus said to Nicodemus, of the water and of the Spirit. Well, you're a human being. You were born of the water. How is that? When you were born, right before you were born, your mother's water broke and you were born of the water. You're a human being. And then you must be born of the Spirit. How does that happen? God creates in you a clean heart. He does it. Amen. And then all you want to do is run to Him. All you want to do is trust in Him. All you want to do is seek Him and see change in your life. Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 17 in this chapter 51 of the book of Psalms says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken, broken and contrite heart. When and how does that happen? Well, we can back up to the first few verses of the chapter and we see when it happens. It happens when we acknowledge our sins to God and we cry out to Him, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness. For I acknowledge, verse 3, my transgression and my sin is ever before me. My sin is ever before me. That causes a broken spirit. A broken heart because I've offended him and I realize that what a savior. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, thou will not despise. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're all familiar with this chapter. I know we are. We husbands are uh, real familiar with it because it's the part where he's saying, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord <laughs> and so forth. Then come on a little past that to verse 25 and we see husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. How much did he love us? He gave his life for us, didn't he? Willingly, and knew he was going to do it. Planned to do it. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now he gave his life for the church on the cross of Calvary. And there he shed his blood. And what was the effect? Very next verse. Verse 26, he gave his life for you, for the church, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. What does sanctify mean? It means to set aside from all the other things. To set aside. To make special. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You see, we are continually needing to be washed, aren't we? In God's eyes? No, you're, you're cleansed. But though we have been born of the water and of the Spirit, we have a new person within us, yet we still have this old person with us, don't we? And one of the processes by which God continually draws us to Himself is the washing of the water of His Word. We seek Him and we see change. 
in our minds, in our hearts, in our walk, in our lives. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. In other words, Christ-like. Remember the lamb that they brought into the house? And in a few days they slaughtered it? It couldn't have any spots, remember? couldn't have any blemishes. That's how we are in the eyes of God. We are clean in His sight. No spot, no wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. What a Savior. All right. Let's sing a closing song to Him. Back in our green hymnals on page 129. Believe in him this morning, for he is real. Try it right here. Verse 2. Have faith in God when your prayers are unanswered. Your earnest plea he will never forget. Wait on the Lord, trust his word and be patient. Have faith in God. Though all kingdoms shall perish.